we are going through Jesus said and talking about heaven and hell, and we even say heaven first because good news is good news. You know how it is like, so I got some good news and some bad news. What do you want me to tell you? So let me ask you guys this. If you're getting that, you got good news and bad news, what do you want first? Bad. bad? Who wants the good news first? Because like, eat dessert first. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> and then who wants the bad news first? I'm kind of a bad news first kind of person, right? Like, let me, let me get that bad news so we can end on a good note. And so we're ending on a good note. I will let the cat out of the bag for next week. We are talking a bit about both, hell and heaven. Jesus talked about both. He talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. And so Jesus said, we're spending the whole year on that. Will you join me with bated breath and excitement (laughs) in Matthew 25, 31 through 34? Jesus is talking about the fact that he's the judge. He's the judge. He wants us to know him as redeemer, forgiver, savior, but he's a judge, and he's going to separate people. Listen to what he said here in Matthew 25, 31 through 34. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, can you imagine that at all just really quick? We talk, man, we're getting close to Christmas. I'm sorry if that freaks you out. It is what it is. But we're getting closer to that, and everybody talks about, oh, he came so humble and all that. It was cool. There was angels announcing his presence. There was this big, huge party in the sky, and the only audience were some shepherds. And we're like, oh, man, he was born in a manger, which many of us think is like a barn, or maybe it was a cave, and they, they put him in a feeding trough, and he was super humble. He's not coming back that way. He's coming back with angels and all of his glory. And nobody's going to be like, gosh, who's that? (laughs) The lightning in the sky, you see it everywhere. And they say, that's what you're going to see. And so he comes, and he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. So he who's in charge and made everything and everybody, like we just heard from Hebrews, He's going to have all of the nations, every human being before him. And he'll separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, who are who? The sheep, his people, his followers. And the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. Friends, he will separate. You don't have to be separated from him. You can be separated for him. This is holiness. This is goodness. This is what he wants for people. But you get to choose. Does he choose you? Absolutely. I'll say this as a man who's constantly trying to figure things out and God is constantly working things out in my head. He chose us first. We choose him. What is, who's the Savior? He is. We don't get saved by us, but we do get saved by faith in him. And that, we find out, is also a gift from him. But you got to receive it. And there's a mystery there that I can't explain. If you want it, you do. If you don't, you don't. Some of you come to church, and that's it. <laughs> that's your thing. You come to church. You don't really follow him. There's a guy that gave his life to Jesus, he said. 
at the age of 10. His son came to Christ and had this great faith and was excited and invited his dad over. And he wanted to share his faith with him. And that's when his son found out that his dad was a Christian. His dad was 60. His son had never seen anything of Jesus in him. Nothing. Is it possible to be saved and not live like it? I have a hard time believing that it is. I'm not saying you don't have struggles. I'm not saying I don't have struggles. But some of you come, and that's it. And so the hell thing probably shook you a little bit. And it should. Hell should probably shake you too if you don't really want much of Jesus because I'm going to give you the end of the message right here in the beginning. Heaven is Jesus. Heaven is with him, for him, about him. If you don't want that, you don't want heaven. But as we found out last week, hell isn't a party, no matter what ACDC is saying. So what did Jesus say about heaven? You guys, I'm going to maybe shock some of you. He said very little about heaven. He said a whole lot about eternal life. He said a whole lot about how to get to heaven. But as far as explaining heaven, he didn't say very much. But what I wanted to do to try to keep you involved, okay, is we're going to read some passages, and we're going to see what Jesus said about heaven. But before Pete puts it, the answer on the screen, I want to hear it from you guys. And if you're online, like Pat and Orrin and some other folks, shout it out. We won't hear you. But go for it. So I want to be able to do that. And for these first three verses, I'm going to ask somebody to look up Matthew 6.1. Would you put your hand up if you're going to look it up for me and you're going to read it? Phoenix said you were Jeffrey, so you're going to do Matthew 6.1. All right. Who's got Matthew 16, 15 through 17? Who can look that up for me? Ben? Okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and do Matthew 23, 22. If you're like, oh, gosh, I don't have my Bible, there's going to be one on the screen or at least some verses. You could have a phone and you could have all kinds of access to the Bible there if you have a smartphone. Or just kind of humor me a little bit. Whether it's your phone or the actual physical book, would you put the Bible up in the air if you got one today? Nice. Outstanding. This is not shame game. This is just like, do you got it? Cool. All right. So we're going to go Matthew 6, 1. What did Jesus say about heaven? Hit it. Phoenix's dad. Wow. Everybody heard that? If not, did you read it? Don't practice your stuff in front of people so you can be seen by them because you'll get no reward from your father in heaven. All right, Ben's got Matthew 16, 15 through 17. I'll just say that one more time to give all of us a chance to turn to it. They actually have the Bible in front of us. Hit it, Ben. Ben, all right. 
So we got a couple here. I'm not asking you yet. I'm going to give you one last one here before we answer what did Jesus say about heaven from these verses. We're going to Matthew 23, and it'll be 22. There's quite a bit in here. I am cherry-picking to be sure. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. So has anybody ever heard, I swear to God? I'm not asking if you said it. When I was growing up in high school, we used to say G-O-D to people. And that meant, like, do you swear to God? Never did that convict me until I came to Christ. (laughs) I just didn't even think about it. We just said that, just rolled off the tongue. Jesus says, you swear by heaven? You're swearing by the throne of God and he who sits on it. So, before Pete puts it up there, what do we hear about heaven from Jesus in these three verses, these three passages? Father's in heaven. Good. And he sits on the throne. Heaven is where God is, and it is his throne. Heaven is where God is. Again, I'm giving you the end of the message to begin with. I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of these just because we're going to go fairly quick. I got a little bit of teaching at the end, but we're just letting Jesus teach us from a bunch of different verses that really only amount to about half of what he said about hell. So it's kind of crazy to me, but here we go. Matthew 4, 17. Matthew 4, 17. Jesus has been tempted. He's been tried. He's all about his father. He begins his ministry. There is a, there is a uh, arrest and a trying to shut the mouth of John the Baptist. And Jesus says this in Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, which means turn around and turn back to God. Have your mind and your life transformed. Turn to him. We sang a song, his kindness leads you to repentance. So repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. One verse, what do we learn from that one verse from Jesus about heaven? It's near, very good. What else? It's the presence of Jesus, super good. What else? Yeah, if you're going to see heaven, you can't keep doing things your way. So repent, right, is, is outstanding. We learn that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 32 times in Matthew, he says kingdom of heaven instead of kingdom of God. It's synonymous. It's the rule of God. It's God and Jesus himself. Heaven is Jesus. Okay, John 6, 32 through 40. These are all out of the mouth of Jesus. And I'm going to read it for you, and you tell me what you learn about heaven from Jesus. Some of you are like, oh, my goodness, is this the Bible hour? I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. All right, this is a little bit longer. John 6, 32 through 40. Jesus has done a ton of different things. Outstanding things, dare I say, William, awesome things. (laughs) Nice job today, man. That was really good. And here it goes. 
He's walked on the water. He's fed 5,000 people with a sack lunch. And people are looking for him. They are enjoying the show. They want more of it. They want more of him. And Jesus said to them, John 6, 32, Truly, truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. I'm going to tell you, what we're not looking at a ton of today is the phrase eternal life, and we're not looking at paradise. That'll be next week. These are synonymous-ish with heaven. But the, I wanted to go. I could go into Revelation and all that kind of stuff, but I wanted to go with what Jesus said about heaven, specifically what Jesus said about heaven. Not just the rest of the Bible. We'll get more into that next week. But from this passage, the bread of life, I am the bread of life. He who looks on the sun, believes in him, will have eternal life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. What have we learned from the mouth of Jesus about heaven? Say it again. Ooh, that's good. We lose nothing from following him, Leslie says. What else? The only satisfaction we're going to have is if we abide in him, live in him. That's when we'll be raised up. It's in him. Outstanding. What do we learn about heaven from this? Never thirst or hunger. That's good. I got a super basic one for you. Didn't come from Moses. That's so good. Amen. God and Jesus had to come down. So, Ben, let me just, I mean, we're, you're an educator. I'm trying to be. All right, so here's what's up. He had to come down. Where's Jesus from? Jesus is from heaven. <laughs> when he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, yep, <laughs> right there. If Jesus lives inside of your heart, Christian, guess what? Heaven's in your heart. It should be sticking out all over the place. This place is not heaven yet. My body is certainly not heaven. Kathy, don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Damon, I'm in trouble, huh? <laughs> you guys, heaven is only kind of here. And what I mean by that is that this place isn't perfect. Jesus is, and he lives in us, and he lives through us. Jesus is from heaven, and like you guys said, believing in him, looking in him, that's satisfaction, that's life. 
It didn't come from Moses. It didn't come from religion. I mean, I love that my boy loves Jesus. That is like the prime level of joy for me is that my children walk in the truth. Something below that, but not like light years below that, is that he quotes Christian rap. (laughs) (laughs) Cross movement. Those guys are theologians. All right. On to the best theologian ever, Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 18, 10 through 14. There's a lot of teaching in this one, and I just am not going to give you a bunch of teaching from it. We've talked a bit about this during baptism and talked about it many, many times that God loves children. I believe that fully. There's something about heaven, though, in here that is a sweet nugget. Matthew 18, 10. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, Jesus says. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go and search for the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it's not the will, excuse me, so it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. I wanted to give you the entire context of that one, but one little nugget in there. What does Jesus tell us about heaven there? What's that? Don't be, you know how it is? I I get like that too. Like I'm not exactly 100% sure, so I'm like, kind of mumble and trail off, that's when I don't understand something. Children are better. Children, ooh, that's good. That's not the one I have, but that's good. Say it again. No one should perish. God doesn't want anybody not to be there. There's a ton of people that won't. Yes, sir. Ooh, God goes after the one that strays because he wants people with him, right? Good word, bro. Come on. Go ahead. That's a winner. Go ahead. They're all great, but angels are also in heaven. What we didn't really talk about was demons not being there. They've been booted out somehow in the book of Job. God says, look, I'm letting Satan, the fallen angel, I'm letting him be there. I don't understand how all that works. You could say whatever you want that you fully understand that. You're not God. I'm not God. He somehow allows that, but angels are in heaven. And there's a few other places other than Jesus saying that. But he says that there's a party going on in heaven when lost people come to God. And that there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels. You know what's super cool about that? It's another way of telling us that angels are in heaven. And yet we know that they do work down here. There's these special angels for kids, and I don't understand that. But I'm down for it. I'm excited about that. But we have a lot of really brokenness in this world, and we wonder, whoa, were the angels doing a bad job at that time? No. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus says, I've overcome the world. Speaking of Luke 15, why don't we go there real quick? Luke 15, 7. Trying to just hum right along, you guys. Learn it. Are you learning anything about heaven? 
from the mouth of Jesus. Some of you might actually want more, and I love that. Ask more, seek it out more, get together with other people and talk about it. Talk to any of the people in your life that you know have followed and loved Jesus and are in his word. There's a lot that we can learn from this. Luke 15, 7, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What does Jesus say about heaven there? There's a chance for everybody. Good. You know what? I think there is. Not everybody would take it, so not everybody's there. And we even talked about it, right? He doesn't one day go into hell and preach the gospel to all those people. That would be super cool, except it's not in the Bible. Well, what was the spirits he was talking about? Talk a little bit more about that next week. But there's a chance for everybody. Good. There's something very pointed in what Jesus says. Let me read it for you one more time. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. What does he say about heaven? Come on. There's joy in heaven. Some people are like, oh, man, have you ever sang Amazing Grace? It sounds like it's going to be one long church service. If you're really, really into Jesus, being in his presence is so much joy. It's just so much joy. And it's not just compared to how messed up this world is. There's joy in heaven. Mark 10, 21. In this particular passage, there is a whole lot that we are skipping over. Love for you to go back and read Mark 10 on your own. He teaches about divorce. He teaches about the children again. But there's this young, rich ruler. I'm trying to, outside of the Greek, I don't, can't remember anywhere in this passage where it tells us that he's young. People say, well, he was running. Well, lots of people could run. I'm not really good at it anymore, which is really hard because when you were fast, when you were younger, yeah. And how big was the fish when you caught it, but you let it go? You know, but... But these guys, this guy runs up to Jesus, calls him good. Jesus says, who are you calling good? Only God's good. He wasn't saying, I'm not good. He's saying, do you know who you're talking to? And he's like, I want to know what it means to inherit eternal life. I want to know what it means to be able to go to heaven. I want to know what I need to do. Jesus gives him this answer of like, look, follow these six commandments. Was he saying salvation by obedience? He was saying, look, it'll come out in what you do. But he was pointing out to him, you actually don't have it all together like you think you do. Well, he's like, well, I've kept all six of those commandments since I was a little boy. And then Jesus, Mark 10, 21, looked at him and loved him. I don't know how many of you have missed that. I don't know how many of you have wondered, is it loving to tell somebody about heaven? Is it loving to tell somebody about hell? It's super loving to be truthful with people. You don't have to be mean about it. You can do it with tears. You can do it with pleading. You can do it with joy. You can even do it with humor, but tell the truth to people. Look at them. Love them. And tell them the truth. Jesus said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. 
and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Treasure in heaven and come follow me. The guy went away sad because he wanted his stuff more than he wanted Jesus. And Jesus is eternal life. No, I just wanted to be able to live next to somebody famous and have pizza all the time and not get fat and play golf. Good. And speak English. Gooder. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, we don't really want Jesus sometimes. We just want no problems. We want our knees to not hurt when we wake up in the morning. I was talking to my dear friend. She told me how she hurt her foot. It fell asleep. She shook it. It broke. That's terrible. But heaven isn't just where your foot doesn't fall asleep and break. That's a low bar. Heaven is Jesus. Matthew 6, 20. One more thing real quick, and then I'll ask you. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal. What does Jesus tell us about heaven in these two teachings? Treasures won't rust there. Good. Say it again. Treasure in heaven. You guys, there's treasure in heaven. Do you think you're going to get to heaven? In front of the most high God in his presence, everything is so amazing. You're going to go, hold up, Jay, real quick. I'm looking for my treasure. Because I sent it up above. Oh, I'm so excited. What do I got? It's him. It's him. Will there be other things there? Amazingness, rest, peace, all that? Yep. Will there be shalom? Yep. Will it be lit up by anything other than him? Nope. It's him. You know, you can get started on enjoying heaven today. Enjoy him today. You got things that just scream for justice. Your body, the brokenness of relationships, financial stuff, more and more storms, people debating, is it climate change? Is it? And, rah, 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 and they fight each other. The more that happens, the more you're going to want the treasure of heaven. And he's here right now. So I'm going to read you three passages here. Actually, sorry. I almost messed you up there, Pete. I'm going to one more to find out what else Jesus teaches us about heaven, and then we'll finish on a couple of doozies. Luke 6, 23. Luke 6, 23. This is Luke's version of the the Beatitudes and his version of the woes is in all of this. But he talks about how you're blessed when people hate you and all this kind of stuff. And then he says this, Jesus says this in verse 23. Rejoice in that day when people are messing with you and don't like you because of Jesus. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. By the way, really quick, prophets. God didn't just send one prophet. He sent so many. He was so gracious. He was so patient. He was so kind. He did not want anybody to be separated from him. And yet over and over again, nope, 
nope, nope. As a matter of fact, we're killing that one, and we're going to put that one in prison. Oh, and his son's coming? Oh, we'll take him out, and they'll leave us all alone. You don't want Jesus. Ultimately, that's what you're going to get is no Jesus. But if you want him, he's your treasure. He's the kingdom of heaven. He's heaven itself. But from this passage, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. What does Jesus teach us about heaven here? The reward is great. And at the risk of sounding too repetitive, I think we need to have this repeated. Jesus is the reward. Your reward is great in heaven. There is reward in heaven. Could there be other things? Yeah, we hear there's crowns. Some people have thrones. Some people get this level of this and that. And I just don't think you're going to be sitting there and see Clark and how blessed he is in heaven and go, yucky. I wish I had more of that. I just don't see that happening, but I haven't been there. You might want to answer that. <laughs> These three, stick with me. Luke 7, or excuse me, John 17. If you join me really quick, this is the most passages I think I've ever given in a message. And you're welcome. And we still got time. <laughs> John 17, 1 through 3. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. If you don't remember this, this is this, what in the ESV and lots of other translations called the high priestly prayer. This is Jesus praying. This is as he's going out. This is part of his farewell message. He's praying. He lifts his eyes up to heaven. And said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Fast forward through the whole prayer to verse 24. Father, I desire that they also, he's talking about his people, which would include us by this point in the prayer, those of us who are his. I'll just say this as an evangelist and as somebody who loves the good news, which means evangelism is sharing the good news. You can be his by looking on the son, recognizing that he is God, that he paid your price, that he died for you and that he rose from the dead and you have victory in him and you have forever in him. You have life in him and it's an abundant life that begins now and lasts forever. You simply believe and then you get to live it out. Okay. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am. To see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. So be thinking about that. What do you learn about heaven in that? I just, I'm... I want you to think about that because I'm going to give you a kind of a surprise one that's entirely different. There's two things we learn about heaven from this. There's the one that's in there, and then here's the last one we're going to look at before we finish up. Mark 13, 31. These are all teachings of Jesus about heaven. Mark 13, 31. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So really quick, what do we learn about Jesus from Mark 13, 31? About heaven. Say? So it's eternal, but actually it says right here something that isn't eternal. Heaven is going to pass away. New heaven and new earth come down. That's not from the mouth of Jesus, but I count it. I think it's great. It's in Revelation. But heaven passes away. In another way, he says that the fire will burn it. But what doesn't pass away is his words. And what doesn't pass away is him. And us in him. Forever. Forever. What did we learn from the John 17? What did Jesus teach us about heaven? We can behold his glory. Say that again. We can behold his glory. We can behold his glory. How do you behold his glory, does he say? Come on. Well done. We behold his glory because we're with him where he is. Let me give this to you because I want to get to John 14, 1 through 6 as well. Eternal life is knowing Jesus and his Father. That's heaven. Belinda Carlisle saying blue heaven is a place on earth. You're welcome if you're old and now that's stuck in your head. She didn't know what she was talking about. Heaven is a place on earth if you're in relationship with Jesus Christ because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. His kingdom is at hand. I love this, and you're going to get more of this next week, but Paul writing says, look, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To be absent from the body, he says, in other places, to be present with the Lord. Christian, as somebody who has definitely been experiencing the throes of pain from guilt, from not trying to help better for those who have died, know Jesus better, the only hope that I have is that Jesus is heaven. Jesus, his presence, all of it. There's, yes, streets of gold and all that kind of stuff. Again, that's not what he said, although he believes it, and it's his word, so technically he said it. But Revelation talks about all these things and all this beauty and all that. For goodness sake, the streets that you and I will walk on are gold. That's how little treasure here is there. The foundations are these amazing gemstones, some of which we don't even know where they are. And still some of us are like, yeah, but is my dog going to be there? I don't have a good answer for you on that one. I know Jesus will be. I want that to be enough. 
You guys, I have not touched nearly all of what you guys have wanted me to touch with regards to heaven. But I'd be no kind of friend of yours, and more importantly, no kind of follower of Jesus, if I didn't tell you how to get to heaven. Although I've told you multiple times already today. John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your hearts be troubled. This also is part of his farewell message. It's like, I know you guys are bummed out that I'm leaving, but don't let your hearts be troubled. That isn't like telling somebody who's bleeding to stop bleeding. That's like the source of comfort and joy in life himself saying, don't be troubled. I've got you. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. Some translations say mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Don't be troubled. I'm setting you up forever. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I'll take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said, "Um, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If heaven is all these things that Jesus told us, most importantly, eternal life, knowing Jesus and knowing his Father, heaven is being with God, and Jesus is the only way there. So how do you move towards him? For some of us, we're like that young man who came to Christ's dad, who when he was 10, prayed a prayer, Gave his life to Jesus and then never once lived for him. I will say, it is very possible that you can be saved. Spend forever with the Lord just by confessing one time that he's the Lord. I think it's possible. Being very real with you, I don't think it's very likely. I shared these last two passages just between me and you and the word and those who have the word in front of them. I don't have it on the screen, mostly for emphasis. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness.
And then James 1.22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. How do you move towards Jesus? You don't just say and you don't just do. You actually believe and it comes out in who you are. Confess with your mouth, absolutely. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You believe that. You'll be saved. And you'll actually live like it. There's proof. So for some of you, it's today you, you submit to Jesus and you come to him and you recognize that he's the only way. He's all these things. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's him. There's joy. It's him. Reward. It's him. Eternal life, that's him. That you want him and you grow closer to him and you get to know him and you spend time in his word. You know how often we have to actually beg people to try to get into a small group? Well, you're always begging for money. Really? We've had the worst stretch of giving that we've had in forever and I've barely said a word about it. I want to give rather than make you give. Friends, heaven is real. Forget the movie for a second. Forget the book for a second. Jesus all through this, right? All these cherry-picked ones. And again, he talks more about hell than he does about heaven. He talks a lot about eternal life and how to get there. He wants that for us. Do you want it? If so, you're going to receive it, and you're not just going to sit on it. My friend said, get off your blessed assurance. <laughs> like, go for it. Share it. Live it out. Forgive quickly. Be honest with each other. How do you move towards Jesus? You've got to want him. If you don't want him, and you think he exists, I don't understand that but that was me in high school. I, I believed in him. I just didn't want him. Remember the good news, bad news thing? The good news is you can spend forever with him. Bad news is you got to live like him. No, oh, I, I love that now, and I'm still a long ways away from being like him, but I'm getting more and more like that, and I want more and more like that for you and for me. Help those who are poor. Help those who need Jesus Help those who already have Jesus. Share the good news. Share the bad news first and then the good news. Be the good news to people. Like Jesus is the hope. And so we believe that. So move towards him. Share him. Believe him. Heaven is so awesome because of Jesus. He's awesome. And there's a lot of people that just think it's the harps and it's the clouds and it's the gold and it's a long worship service. I don't like how I sang that song. You would be in heaven like that? Come on. There's a couple of songs that we learn about heaven in Revelation. And they're pretty simple. And the lyrics are the same. I mean, I've heard people complain, gosh, we sing that same song and it's just like so repetitive. 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. <sighs> really? Nope. These weird, like, angelic-ish type creatures fall down and worship God. All of these 24 thrones and these crowns, they fall down and they worship God when that repetitive song just goes over and over again. It's because we're in the presence of him. If you haven't tasted him, I'm going to pray that you would because it says taste and see that he's good. And there's more for you. As my friend said, it's soul food and it's all you can eat. For your soul. Help you to love and be loved, to forgive and be forgiven, to hope that we have a bunch of despair around. Yeah, but I'm so drawn over here. Keep coming back. Help each other keep coming back. We do communion every week. We want to remind you every week that he died for you. This is good news. He wants you. He wanted to set you free. He wanted to forgive you. He wants to share in the glory. He wants you to see him so lit up that there's no need for the sun. Okay, that's four extra minutes. We're going to have forever to make a big deal out of him. Let's get started. Jesus, I love you, and I praise you. There's so many that are started already, and I know they're sitting there like, oh, gosh, this guy, every single time. I pray, Jesus, that they wouldn't hear me. They'd hear you. I pray, God, that we would be so hungry for heaven, so hungry for your right way that we'd only be satisfied by you. And when we try to go somewhere else, like we've done so often, we would see it quickly and repent quickly and come back to you. I'm so thankful for who you are. I'm thankful that heaven exists because of you. Hell is terrible because the only thing there of you is wrath. But we have you as our redeemer, as our forgiver, not as our condemner, if we are in Christ. To be in you isn't some mystery. It is us having eyes to see and ears to hear because you open them up and that we want you and that we would live accordingly. We wouldn't be people that are so hypercritical. We'd be people that are so excited about good and life that we are, like you said, Jesus, that city set on a hill. That we would shine and people would see you and want you. And they would praise you, our Father in heaven. That we would be with you in your glory. And I love that you actually take heaven out and it becomes where you are. And I'll be here. New Jerusalem, new earth. I want more of you, Jesus. I pray that for my friends and my family. And I pray that we would be strong and courageous. And we would let our truth and let our faith and let our life and let our joy in you be contagious. I pray this in your perfect name. Amen.